We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2023 Sony Open Research. Picks, the field, the preview, the course, everything that hopefully you need to know to get your preparation started. Not preparation age, preparation started for golf this week. Week two, the first full field event of the season. So a reminder to smash the like button to the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, and join fantasynational.com where I'll be doing my walkthrough fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20% off any plan all the stats the lineup generator the simulations the ownership projections for DraftKings everything will be up there for you even the head-to-head simulator you'll take a look at the past history of people playing against each other fantasynational.com slash mayo I'll have the DraftKings listeners link updated when I get it I don't have it right now so uh, I'll add it to the YouTube video after the fact because I cannot add it to the audio podcast version after the fact, but it'll be plenty available on Monday's show with Jeff Feinberg as we go through all of the bets of the week. I'm kind of fired up about this. It's, you know, 144 players. We have a cut event. We're back to, do you have a six of six? Don't you have a six of six? This is fun for me. I don't love the small field events. Although if everything holds true, I'm doing this after the first two rounds of the tournament of champions that 
if everything holds true, then, you know, we're going to be winning a lot of money this week. Yeah, although Scotty Scheffler is just begging to take all my money away. Really wish I had bet him after round one at eight to one, but here I am being like, yeah, should have done that, but here we are. Hopefully Scheffler has like a bad round somewhere along the way and... You know, hopefully Morikawa or one of the chasers that we have can walk away with it. That would be nice. But more on that on Monday's show when we recap the event. It's been really awesome to watch. Primetime golf. It's so cold here. It snowed for the first time where I am. I had to shuffle my driveway. Tune in at 9 o'clock at night and whew, the paradise viewing of Hawaii at Kapalu is so nice to see. So this is where we're at for this week. Uh, and thank you everyone who rushed to fill up the one and done. It is now full. Uh, remember to set your text alert. So you remember to make your pick. It starts this week at the Sony open. So good luck to everyone. Not really. Cause I want to win the 50 grand up top, but uh, you know, when I don't, because I am terrible at one and done, Hopefully one of you, I mean, hopefully one of you can do it. I'm imagining in the race for the Mayo Cup, people who are in the one and done are watching this show. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But hopefully one of you watching right now can do it in the comment section on YouTube. By the way, please tell me who is your favorite to win this week. It doesn't need to be the betting favorite, but who is the highest projected odds player? Let's put it at that. Who you like to win this week on the PGA Tour. Let's jump over into the course. We remember this course, and you can see it right here. It's really fun doing the walkthrough with uh, some old EA Sports. This is the best flyover I could find for the course. It's Wiley Country Club. It is a par 70, 70 7,044 yards. It's just a shade over 7,000 yards. Hawaii Bermuda grass, once again, much like last week at Tournament of Champions. Uh, you're going to have this Hawaii Bermuda not all that similar to what we see in Florida later on in the year. It's a very short course. It's a part of what I like to call the quote-unquote Pete Dye swing, where you have Heritage, Sony, Mayakoba has been the biggest crossover, the Wyndham, Colonial, just these short courses that players see uh, time after time. On the PGA Tour, uh, if you're thinking about playing Showdown this week, you'll probably want guys starting on hole number one as opposed to number 10. Holes one and two, and we dig into the scorecard, you'll see, are the third and fourth hardest holes on the course. So it's more difficult to get a birdie streak on that wraparound. We may remember that Cam Smith won in 2020. That was a one-year blip of guys who hadn't played the Tournament of Champions and then won this week. So it's been eight of the past nine winners have played the Tournament of Champions and won the Sony Open. So when we get into the field, I'll identify those guys right away to you who have the best chance, at least historically, based on trends of winning uh, this week. It's really hard to hit fairways, very narrow fairways at this course, but the rough is not penal whatsoever. So what you're going to see is a below average driving accuracy percentage at Wiley Country Club, although the greens and regulation much higher than average. So it doesn't really matter if you spray it all around uh, off the tee. As long as you're not behind a palm tree, you're going to be looking all right in order to hit all the greens and regulation. So the higher you move up the leaderboard, the less prominent you're going to see around the green actually play. So the Fairway percentage here is around 53%. Again, that's one of the lowest. The tour average is around 62%. Uh, so that means things like uh, 
Good drives gained is actually a good one instead of strokes gained off the tee this week. Extra distance is going to help you out, but both of the par fives this week are reachable by almost everyone in the field. So that's also something worth noting at the same time. Uh, you can, I mean, we'll run through some of the modeling as well, but like last 24 rounds, par 70s under 7,200 yards is a good way to start off, or you can just do the correlation courses that I mentioned. So you have El Chameleon for Mayakoba. Uh, I mean, they're not going to be playing that anymore, but we've seen two guys in the past five years double dip winning the Mayakoba and then winning at Sony, Patton Kazire and Matt Kuchar. Uh, and even if guys played poorly at the Tournament of Champions, it doesn't really seem to make that big of an impact whatsoever because we've seen Kevin Na play awful at Kapalua, win the next week. Matt Kuchar, another one who had won Mayakoba along uh, with Patton Kazire, I think it was two years after, or the year after, played horrible at the Tournament of Champions and comes out and wins at Sony the next week. But the corollary courses that if you did want to run a model on that, uh, Mayakoba, Honda, Harbortown, Colonial, Sedgefield would be the five that I would go to. They're all some combination of short, par 70, Bermuda, and or coastal courses. The wind can play a bit of a factor at this course, as we saw when Cameron Smith won. He won at minus 11 that year. Now, when you go back and look over time at the past champions, like Hideki won in a playoff over Henley with one of the best shots I've ever seen uh, on, uh, as an approach shot in a playoff on a par five, put it to like three feet, winning with an eagle. But he won at minus 23. Nah, minus 21. Kuchar, 22. Kazire, minus 20 or minus 17. Uh, Justin Thomas won at minus 27, opened with a 59 that year. Fabian Gomez, minus 20. Jimmy Walker, minus 23. So Cameron Smith is a huge outlier in that circumstance minus 11 was the highest winning score since vj did it in 2005 so that's a pretty big outlier i don't really know what the weather is really telling us as of right now because frankly it doesn't matter tambo and i will cover that on the wednesday show so just keep your eye out on that but i'm guessing birdie fest so you know short range putting irons those are the key things that you're going to be looking for this week with the course out of the way, let's jump over to fantasynational.com slash mayo for 20% off, obviously, and take a look back at how Hideki did it last year and what we're going to be seeing on the leaderboard. We'll take a look back at tournament history as well in terms of the players that have done really well at this course over the years, but it was a Put just a pure putting fest from the top three. Hideki, Henley, and Seamus Power. Power didn't even gain on approaches last year, uh, but he gained 5.2 strokes putting. Very rarely do you see Hideki Matsuyama at 7.3 strokes putting, playing okay so far at the Tournament of Champions. But uh, as you can see, it was the best putting performance of his career last year at the Tournament of Champions, beating the 2016 Players' Championship by almost a full stroke. So that's kind of wild. You do see it far in 2014 and 2018, 6.2 and 6. That's not including one of the rounds at the North Course, which doesn't get weighted. So it's you know, theoretically possible that he gained more that week because this is only in three rounds. But 7.3 is a massive outlier for Hideki. So keep that in mind uh, when we're going back and researching all the stats. You see the glove was up there at 9.5 strokes gained on approach. He was the leader last year uh, by almost three strokes over Russell Henley, who came in second place. We had that Henley outright. It was looking good until really it wasn't. And that was the beginning of a long string of second place finishes for 
me in the betting world all the way last year. Corey Connors is a weird outlier for this course. I probably should talk about this right now. Uh, he gained strokes putting last year. We know Corey Connors gaining strokes putting. That doesn't sound very likely, and it's true. However, at the Sony Open in his career, uh, it's the most he's ever gained in a tournament. That was in 2018, almost six strokes. His third most gained ever, 2020, 5.1 strokes. So it's just really interesting to see that for whatever reason, these greens, he's never dropped strokes on the green at the Sony Open. You don't normally see that from Corey Connors. So there's something about these greens, although he's gotten progressively worse, basically, every single year. He's still in the positives. And generally, if Corey Connors can end up in the positives of any event with the flat stick, he's live to win because we're used to seeing these spike performances, 7.1 on approach, 5.9 on approach, less so of this minus 3.7 and, and 0.1. Like that's not really the Corey Connors that we're used to dealing with coming into the event. Uh, and again, you know, he has gain. He hasn't dropped strokes. It was a zero in Memphis. Hasn't dropped strokes since last year's PGA championship on approach or driving. So that's always a good note. We haven't seen any really high end performances since the BMW championship, notwithstanding what happened at the weekend at Tournament of Champions, but just wanted to point that out in terms of his putting, which is always really strange. Keith Mitchell is another one who tends to play well at this course, and he does it mainly through driving and putting because the irons are never really there. We've seen Svensson kind of pop. Another guy is not having a great week at the Tournament of Champions, but again, as we've as I've talked about, it doesn't really matter all that much. Uh, Kevin Nod, Matt Kuchar being the primary examples of that. See Hao Tong in the field last year. Oh, it's nice to see Hao Tong around. Uh, tournament history overall over the past five years, looking at it, Connors has been the best player. And that's only in four starts, beating Hideki, who's also only had four starts in terms of strokes gain total. They've made every single cut over that time. Then Kazire, Webb Simpson, and Matt Kuchar followed very closely by Keith Mitchell, Chris Kirk, Brian Stewart, Russell Knox, and Stuart Sink. Yeah, this is going to be one of these tournaments. Uh, Keegan Bradley's actually had a pretty nice run here as well. Brennan Steele has two top four finishes the past three years. Missed the cut a year ago, but two top fives before that. Actually, two top fours before that. Uh, so he ends up popping up well. We see Russell Henley has played a lot of these similar courses. I believe he was the one who ended up winning at OHL Mayakoba. Should probably take a look at Mayakoba. There he is. So, you know, could he be the third guy to complete the slams? So just to quickly take a look at the players who would play well at Mayakoba in November. Henley, Harmon, Power, 1-2-3. Joel Damon, Troy Merritt would be your top five. Scotty Scheffler, Will Gordon, Lingmurth, take me to your leader. You best believe I'm going to have some money on Lingmurth next week at the American Express. Might even try to do it this week. Probably not with an outright win, but a top 10, top 20, something like that. Lingmurth is going to be buried in this field. Lipsky is another one to give a look at this week. Uh, came 10th. Uh, in Mayakoba and just kind of fits this course really well. You have Kazire. Again, there's Patton Kazire popping up at Mayakoba and Sony Open. This is like his jam. Uh, outside of Texas, these are the two places where he plays well. Montgomery, McNeely, Hovland. Hovland's not in the field this week. Spawn, Wise, Morikawa. Morikawa's not playing this week at the Sony Open. Dietrich, Martin Laird, Henrik Norlander. Then you go to like Willett and Jason Day and guys like that. But just keep that in mind uh, as we're going forward in terms of Mayakoba. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Now on to the field this week. It's all loaded in at Fantasy National. If you want to get a head start on your research, I've already gone out of my way to highlight the players that have will be have been playing back-to-back weeks, playing currently at the Tournament of Champions and are in the field at the Sony Open. We'll guess the odds towards the end, but old Tommy Kim might be very much near the top, might be the outright favorite next week, depending on how he finishes at the Tournament of Champions. So the players that we have to pick from this week, Tom Kim, Sung Jae, Keegan Brad, Bradley, Brian Harmon, Jordan Spieth, Hideki Matsuyama, Corey Connors, JT Poston, Billy Horschel, Russell Henley, Tom Hoagie. Interesting note on Tom Hoagie. He has committed to going to the national championship because he's a TCU guy. He's going to go watch that Monday night. So he's going to fly from Maui to the national championship game back to Honolulu to play in the Sony Open. I have no idea how that affects him, but if TCU wins, dude's going to be fucking hung over for like two days. I best believe that with old Tom Hoagie, the same guy who loves staying up all night at the craps table, as we've heard over time. So it might be a week to fade Tom Hoagie, although maybe it gives him superpower. Some of us play better hungover. Who knows? It's a lot of travel, a lot of drinking in like a four-day span for Tom Hoagie to get back to, I mean, he'll make his tea time for sure, but just keep that in mind at Wiley this week. Svensson and Hughes, the Canadians, 
are both in the field. Adam Scott, Captain Ramius, Chad Ramey, and Ryan Brem round out the field of players who have played at the Tournament of Champions and will be playing in the Sony Open. Once again, eight of the past nine winners have played in the Tournament of Champions before winning at the Sony Open the following week. Overall, I mean, these are not going to be my picks for the week, although it would be pretty funny to run some lineups with just the guys who played last week and see how that turns out for you. Uh, although I don't know if I really love Chad Ramey or Ryan Brem, but who knows? At the very top of this field in terms of recent form, last 50 rounds, let's shrink this down to past 24 rounds coming in. As you do have the season debut of a lot of players, 144 players in the field, top 65 in ties make the cut. As I mentioned for DraftKings, it's a fun tournament to really kind of get behind this week. Um, you have, let's see, Patrick Rogers, Taylor Montgomery, Mav McNeely, Andrew Putnam. This could be a good look for Putnam. This is his style, of course. Grayson Sig, Will Gordon, Ben Griffin, Alex Smalley. Alex Smalley, three consecutive top 11s to finish out the swing season coming in, mind you, as we kind of take a glance at Alex Smalley here. Um, yeah, we don't know really what he did in Bermuda. Uh, we know that he came 11th. That's about it. But really nice tee to green numbers for him uh, the past two starts. Uh, I mean, Houston's a more difficult course, as we've seen. RSM, uh, you don't get every round. You only get three out of the four rounds of weighted measurement on everything, but very good off the tee. If he could turn around the putter, that wouldn't be a bad sign. How, did, how has he done it, Sony? Missed the cut in his debut a year ago. Not too concerned about that. He's playing better golf at the moment. I have a feeling he'll be a very popular pick this week. Outside of that, you have, let's see, Grio, Sebez, Kurt Kitayama, uh, Keith Mitchell, Harris English, Webb Simpson, all making their season debuts. Denny McCarthy, Nick Hardy. So this is the type of field that we're going to be dealing with coming through. There's no overwhelming favorites in terms of your very top end Roms, Rory's. There's none of those guys here. The best players in the field this week are Spieth, Tom Kim, Hideki, and Sung J.M. And then like the next four best guys are Horschel, Harmon, Adam Scott, Connors, Keegan, Hoagie, Spawn, like that type of player. So the field is very much open to anyone who wants to show up with a hot putter, hit some irons well, uh, because distance is not going to be a factor this week whatsoever. I mean, we'll see that when we just take a look at the course breakdown. You can see, uh, let's go to the top five finishers overall. And then boom, you see strokes gained approach almost double what strokes gained off the tee is and almost triple over triple what strokes gained around the green is. So driving is double around the green, approach is double off the tee um and then you see putting is worth more than anything so it's really a putting and approach week it's one of these birdie fest type weeks par five scoring means a ton but as you can see there's only two of them on the course hole number nine and hole number 18 hole number 18 the second easiest hole on the course with an eagle rate of 3.3 percent number nine the easiest an eagle rate of almost 6.6 percent that's a very high birdie rate of 60 percent if your guys are not making birdie on number nine uh, they're probably fucked for the week like you need to be I mean, on the par fives this week, if you're not at least minus eight, preferably more making an eagle and picking one up along the way, it's going to be very difficult to win this tournament. Uh, one other thing to look at, you see some of the longer par threes. Uh, there's no shorties. Uh, there's four of them on the course. 176 is the shortest, 204. But you have 194, 194, 204 on the par threes. Uh, they're not like super difficult by any means, but they're not the 150-yard downhill where the ball can roll back to the hole type par threes, where they're almost like insta-birdies in that way. You do see a very high 
birdie percentage on number 10. That's why the wraparound starting on number one for showdown is so important because you get number nine, the easiest hole on the course, then number 10, the third easiest hole on the course, the easiest of the par fours with almost a 30% birdie rate. But there's no real drivable par four here, even though there are some short ones. This was only 351 yards. Someone could get lucky, drive the green, make eagle. Maybe someone can chip in for eagle, but it's not in the same realm of a lot of the shorter par fours that we see where guys are going to take dead aim at the green and try to knock it in for eagle. Some guys are going to lay up here to get to the proper distance to put it in close. And you can see three out of 10 players make birdie on this hole anyway. And that's the third highest of them. There's only one, two, three, let's see. Whoa, whoa geez, actually. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven holes this week with a birdie percentage of better than 15%. So your guys can your guys are gonna have to go low in at least two of the rounds this week. So at a par 70, they need to be 64 better, probably twice in order to win. Um, so I mean that puts you at minus 12 right away. You're gonna have to be somewhere in the 20s, weather permitting. To win this tournament, maybe even more than that. So, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. As I mentioned before, um, with the driving accuracy, 53% now, tour average around 62%, green regulation 66% versus the tour average of 65%, scrambling percentage higher here than anything else. The one thing to note, although these are not the same type of greens as Kapalua, I did mention that the green regulation rate was higher than your average PGA course. That's because everyone is hitting these greens in regulation. Um, so your average GER proximity is about average, slightly lower than average, but it's not like a pin-seeking type of course where somewhere like Pebble Beach, for example, your uh, proximity to the hole is going to be much lower because so few people actually hit greens in regulation. And those greens are so small that inherently you're just going to be a lot closer to the pin based on the actual architecture of the greens, just the pure size of the greens. Driving distance super high at this course to 85 and this isn't even with a tournament with a lot of the big hitters in it it's just you can grip it rip it and not have really any consequences of missing the fairway historic cut line at this course you see minus four a year ago minus three before that in the difficult year when cam smith won it was plus two minus one minus one minus two minus I guess it was even that year. So all the way back to 2015, it's been under par every year except for one, with last the last two years being the two lowest years. So scoring is getting easier at Wiley Country Club as we go through the years. A bit, few more field notes uh, to kind of go through here. We have some Japanese tour players coming through, uh, and you might not really know much about them. The best of the bunch is Kazuki Higa, up to number 68 in the world rankings, and recently won the Dunlop, which is probably, I mean, when you look at pure rankings points, is going to be the highest, although I have no clue how the official world golf rankings are actually like kind of structured at this point but real guys played in this field you can see tom kim played in this field he came in fourth uh mito Pereira was second uh this week scott vincent from the live tour ended up coming in seventh you see Corey connors was down in 11th who else played in this tournament we had some real names in this tournament i feel like aaron wise played he was t35 didn't remember if uh, 4chan kim there he is 44th who else played I think there were some decent guys who ended up missing the cut. Han Lee, not as prestigious as it once was uh, because we used to always get like Hideki. I mean, Tigers played in this event before. It's kind of like the, the bigger international event that the Japanese tour puts on. And Higa ended up being the guy who 
did it <laughs> for them uh, this time through. He's 27 years old. He is the highest-ranked Japanese tour player at the moment. So he is someone to keep an eye on. Other than that, you have Yuto. Oh, boy. Kat, Sur- Kat Suragawa, number 116 in the world rankings. Not on the greatest run to end the year, but very consistent results. Uh, you can see he did miss a cup and then uh, at the Golf Nippon Series JT Cup. Ended up coming inside the top 10, T8, and the third last week of December. The one good thing about some of these Japanese tour players is that they are getting better. We've seen them make an impact a lot quicker, uh, although it's never really translated through at the Sony Open. They always open up spots historically. Uh, two Japanese tour players. Um, and you know, you'll see uh, Kadoti Anishi is number 141 in the world. Not really on a great run right now on the Japanese tour. Uh, then you have Kieti Nakajima. Uh, again, T8 uh, in his final start at T5, but did miss the cut at the Dunlop. And there are two more to kind of look out for here. You have Tagawi Semikawa, who did win three events in a row, got upgraded. He played in the AVT Tour, got a win there, then back-to-back wins on the Japanese Tour. Two of three top tens to end the year for him. Uh, so, I mean, worth noting. And this is purely just for if you want to play a top 40 on someone, a make to make the cut, a $6,000 guy on DraftKings, if you want to go out. Uh, I mean, those are the... The five guys uh, from the Japanese tour to really kind of take a look at uh, going down the list. And, you know, we still have our corn fairy grads that are coming up. You have Justin Sue and one of my all time favorites uh, still there. You have S.H. Kim. Is C. Wu playing? Can't remember if C. Wu is playing or not. Let's see. It's really difficult. Uh, yeah, Siwoo Wu, si Wu and S.H. Kim are both playing. So is Tom Kim and Michael Kim. You build a team of Kims and you'll be good to go in this tournament, apparently. But uh, because for a while, the PGA Tour app was listing S.H. Kim just as S. Kim, which is always you know, reserved for C. Wu Kim, but now it's S.W. Kim and S.H. Kim. So I can at least differentiate. You know, like there was one time where I thought that C. Wu was in first and second place uh, earlier in the swing season. What the hell is going on here? Uh, turns out I'm just an absolute absolute moron and couldn't figure that out on my own let's start modeling some of these guys out and i did mention some of the other ways that we can go about it but let's take a look at my custom stat model for the sony open uh one that i've been probably using for years now maybe we can update it It says sony open solid that's always good news i'm going to take putting out of the equation here and we'll rejig it a little bit uh let's see i have approach and opportunities gained. I have par threes gained in here. I'm actually going to throw in a par three overall yardage of 175 to 200, where you have three of the four falling into this category and the other one like at 204 just above this category. So we're going to weight that at 10%. And let's see, I have par fives. You know what? I have off the tee in here. I'm going to diminish the weight of par fives. And to go back to something that I did with Brandon Degula earlier, uh, actually, sorry, last summer when I went through is putting predictive whatsoever. And we did kind of come to the conclusion that guys from five to 10 feet and 10 to 15 feet, you know, that those are the key ranges, especially this week. And we took a look at the greens and regulation proximity when guys are making birdies. And this kind of correlates with opportunities gained. Instead of using birdies or better gained as an overall stat, you can use opportunities gained inside 15 feet with these two putting ranges. Guys are probably going to make their tap-ins. So we should be okay in that regard. So approach 20%, par fours, 15%, 
400 to 450, 5%, so an overall 20% on par four. Just divvied up a little bit. Eagles gained 5%, opportunities gained 15%, off the T5. Par five is five. Good drives gained. That is 10%. Par threes, 175 to 200 yards, 10%. Putting five to 10 feet, putting 10 to 15 feet, both weighted at 5%. Loading for the past 24 rounds. And let's see what we got. Bet you it's Tom Kim. If I had to guess, the guy who has won. And remember, stats at this time of year, obviously the Tournament of Champions is not loaded into this as of yet. So keep that in mind. But And that's the only tournament of 2023 that we actually have so far. But, I mean, some of these guys are probably pulling. Like, let's see, just Nick Taylor as an example, who was a 36-hole leader here a few years ago. His past 24 rounds go back as late as the John Deere Classic. So that's been a while. I don't think you know, so much stuff from July is really pertinent from right now. But it's give us a baseline of what we want to look at. Ah, Tom Kim, number one. Pat, killing it. Hungover Tom Hoagie. Number two, Connors, M, Harmon, Hayden Buck, who loves to fuck. Number six, Ben Taylor. Had a really nice run during the swing season. Almost won an event. Cam Davis, no, was it Ben Taylor? No, it was Ben Griffin who had the nice run. He's at number nine. Uh, Cam Davis at number eight. Bobby Shelton at number 10. And then you have like your regulars, Henley. Obviously, he's going to play well here. Siwoo. Grio, Bradley, Putnam, they're all uh, a part of this list. So we can see in terms of opportunities gained, the guys hitting the ball close to the pin, Hoagie, Siwoo, Tom Kim, Kitayama, and Yichin Wan, Carl Yan, if you're wondering, that's how he's listed in the fantasy national system. I'm really surprised, actually. I mean, Chuck Hoffman's up there, and Gary Woodland is up there. Matty Schmidt is up there who made a run. The Smother Man, Andrew Novak. Is another one. Dude cannot putt to save his fucking life. But here we are. There's Lipsky, who I mentioned earlier, is up there. He is number 20 in opportunities gained over that time. They have Harmon, Ben Griffin, and my guy, Davis Thompson. I took him in our season-long fantasy draft in the last round. Uh, Ball-striking maven. But uh, we'll see how he goes. Great college player. Let's see. Ben Taylor, what has he been up to? He had a third in Houston. Hell, geez, the ball-striking has been really good for him on his final two appearances. Has he ever played the Sony before? Yeah, he has twice. Never made a cut. How has he done at some of the correlation places? Do we have any info on that? 24th of the Wyndham. Okay, that was all chipping and putting. So that's not the greatest look in the world. Uh, Pebble, yeah. Sony, yeah. It's kind of it for him. Plays in the Amex most of the time. Missed the cut at the OHL. So nothing in his history would point to him doing well this week outside of how he's his form coming in. It's good form. Uh, ben Griffin uh, almost got the win in Bermuda. Melted down the stretch. And we, okay, here we go. Fourth at the Wyndham, one of the corollary courses. Drove it about break even and did everything else well. That's good. One interesting note to look at with Ben Griffin is dude is really weird with the putter. Minus four, plus 4.6, minus 3.8, plus 3.6, plus 3.4. So if you can catch him on a good putting week, dude can most definitely contend. And it does seem like he has one of the better short games on the PGA Tour, and the driving and approach play has been pretty good. So Ben Griffin... Write him down, first-round leader, something like that, uh, depending on where he comes in in the DraftKings market. Uh, that would be interesting to look at. See, Chuck Hoffman has not been playing all that well, although you know, marginal 
when it comes to the strokes gained approach and strokes gained off the tee. Probably won't get there with Chuck unless he's like the stone min. And Gary, Gary's had two spike performances with his irons throughout the course of the swing season. 5.2 in Houston for a top 10, 4.6 at the Fortinet. Came 64th that week. At the CJ Cup, he lost 10 strokes around the green. That seems impossible, considering that's how he won his U.S. Open. Uh, to go back and look at the Sony over the years, has a very good track record. Hasn't missed the cut here since 2011. Uh, that's over five starts uh, with a seventh, sixth, and third, 13th over that time. The comeback is on for Gary Woodland. Is he going to be able to get back to the, I mean, he's probably never going to win a major again, but you can see over his last five tournaments doing very well in the ball striking department. And even when you go take a look, he's had some massive swings with the putter on this course as well. Like even the year where he came 13th, he probably should have won. He lost five strokes putting, but he has gains of 4.4 gains of 3.5 that if he can harness the putter this week, his overall game is actually looking good enough that maybe he'll end up making the short list. I don't love betting guys, obviously, that didn't play the week before, but, you know, it's happened. We saw... Cam Smith do it, and he's you know, one of the best players in the world where Woodland isn't. But again, maybe top 10, maybe DraftKings play. That's what I'm looking for here. I'm probably going to make all my selections, to be perfectly honest with you, in the outright market coming from guys who played last week. So just keep it simple. Keep it simple, Stu. That's my new you know, the, the kiss. The kiss method of golf betting this week or this year for me so far. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Barbasol from Matty Schmidt. Eh, probably not going to get to them. Lipsky, how are we doing on here? Putting in a lipper with old Lipsky. Decent swing season. 22nd, 10th, 40th at the Zozo in a stronger field, 44th at the Shriners. The around the green has been saving him, uh, but the approach play has been very good as well. How did he finish at this tournament last year? He missed the cut. Uh, Maya Koba missed the cut. Uh, now that it changed to the worldwide technology, he was 10th there at one of the crossover courses. So that's nice. Top 30 at the Wyndham, a crossover course. Made the cut at the Charles Schwab, one of the crossover courses. So this is encouraging news uh, if you wanted to see something from him. And that's all since he missed the cut at the Sony last year when he drove the ball very poorly and putted very poorly. But the, the approach play here last year was very, very good. So again, encouraging things to look at uh, when you're trying to project people out. What what can we take uh, from the person's past and try to mix it with their recent history to find out if they're doing well whatsoever? Davis Thompson started to slip a little bit in the ball striking department. It does seem like he's more of a lean at a course where driving really makes a huge difference uh, where it does not all that much. Listen, you, if you gain nine strokes off the tee at the Sony Open, you're going to play really well. It's just most of the field and driving is mitigated. It's just, you know, the top end and the low end are closer together than they are at different places. Maybe Davis Thompson was the first really good driving course that we get. Probably Farmers, to tell you the truth. I don't know if he played Farmers a year ago. No, either way, in Napa, another big ball striking, driving an irons course. He came inside the top 10. Shriners, very much the same way. Did the same thing there. Uh, Houston is one of those courses, but you could see the laps in his approach play as the season wore on, and the putting is more down than up. Let's put it that way. Uh, if he can start harnessing that, I don't know if I love him in a birdie fest, but I do think that he'll generate himself a lot of birdie opportunities, which is always good to see going forward. Uh, if we just take a look at the very short term in terms of past eight rounds and what the model might tell us from there, uh, you know, maybe we can catch lightning in a bottle. How do the guys end the swing season? Again, that was still two months ago. So it's hard to glean too much information from that. But hey, it can't hurt to look, right? 
Top 10, Ben Taylor, Tom Kim. There's Alex Small. He starts popping up a little bit. Keegan Bradley, Tom Hoagie, Gary Woodland, Brian Harmon, Patrick Rogers, Russell Knox. He is the one who knocks. K.H. Lee, Kiriyama, Tyson Alexander. I remember this name. I forget what tournament he was. I think it was Houston when he started popping. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Uh, Bob Shelton. Bob Shelton. All right, let's take a look at Bob Shelton and see how he's doing. My guy, Taylor Montgomery, Flea Market. You know, he's a big bomber. So again, almost like Davis Thompson, although he's shown the propensity to play almost anywhere. Yeah, it was Houston that Tyson Alexander really lit it up. Did make the cut at the RSM, but nothing in his past would indicate that he's like some sort of great player. Although he did win on the Corn Ferry last year at the Veritex Bank, and he had won the year before at the Veritex Bank. Okay, the hell is the Veritex Bank? Texas. All right, so Texas with Bermuda Greens. Texas with Bermuda Greens actually kind of checks out because that is exactly what the Houston Open is. It's Texas with, I don't even know what course this is, Texas Rangers GC. I have no no clue. So ask Sky or Axis about uh, this Corn Ferry thing. But, you know, in retrospect, looking back at it, it shouldn't be stunning that he did well at Houston in Texas on Bermuda Greens, considering he's won twice. At, I don't know if it's a, maybe we should look at this as a corollary course moving forward. It's just interesting. I just, I, I would not have made that connection until right now going through. That's why I do this show because, you know, I learn stuff and hopefully you can learn stuff at the same time. Bob Shelton, my guy. Ended the Corn Ferry Tour very strong. Two wins in the final two months. Uh, ended up with a 15th at the Shriners, a 10th at the RSM. The chipping has been great. The driving, eh, not great. But again, that doesn't mean the end of the world here. Approach play been good. More spikes than dips in putting. Okay, now we're on to something. Came 25th at the Sony last year with old Bobby Shelton. How has he played at any of the other courses? I remember he top 10 for me in his first ever start at the Greenbrier. That was glorious. Uh, so to end his 2021 season, the last time he had his card, he was bad. Probably why he lost his card. Obviously, playing much better now. Came third at the 3M. Where did he play? Oh, he played well at Mayakoba in 2019. Okay. Played came seventh at the Greenbrier. So we're getting a little bit. He did miss at Mayakoba this year. His only missed cut of the swing season. But he's been playing pretty well overall. So a decent look, at least in my mind's eye, of how he could be doing this week. Let's readjust a little bit and take a look at those two things that I had mentioned off the top. So we're going to go last 24 rounds, par 70s, under 7,200 yards. So let's take a look at... This type of course, just the specifics of this course. You can dump this into your mixed condition model if you want to. And we'll just take a look very easily. Let's see here. I don't really care about Bermuda at this point in time. Rough length, green speed, par 70. Okay, there we go. So that's the first filter we're going to turn on. Par 70, then we're going to turn on less than 7,200 yards. And just look past 24 rounds. See who pops up well. We're going to go by averages only in case people do not have the best. Eric Barnes in three rounds. Amazing. Nicholas Echeverria in one round. S.H. Kim firing on all cylinders. And this is why I do it by average. I do want to see if there are randos who pop. But the best overall players past 24 rounds on courses of this you know, just general makeup. You have Hideki, Henley, Keegan Bradley, one, two, three, uh, gaining at least 1.7 strokes gain total per round. After that, it's Tom Kim in only nine rounds, Keith Mitchell, Ben Griffin, Taylor. Uh, ben Griffin has eight rounds. So that's a bit of a bigger sample than someone like Taylor Montgomery, who's next, who has three. After that, I mean, I am so betting JT Poston. Oh, give it to me. 
Give it to me, JT. Actually, why don't you come inside the top seven this week and win me some fucking cash at the TOC, pal? Twice in the first two rounds. He had a very easy putt on a par five to get a birdie streak, and he fucking blew it both times. JT Poston, give your head a shake, pal. But he's up there. 1.3 on courses like this. Webb, Webb and Harris English are going to be two very interesting players this week because historically we both know how well they play in general and at courses this course in particular and courses like this no idea where their games are at at the moment so keep that in mind billy ho mac hughes mac hughes could be a look here uh sung jay adam scott putnam svensson all the guys that you'd pretty much expect kirk uh nakajima in 12 rounds somehow what fucking 12 rounds is that sony open yeah, it's we don't even have the proper stuff for him. This is all getting fixed, by the way. If you had questions about Fantasy National, Moose is putting in new tools, simulation tools, to help you make projections for yourself very easily in cleaning up the site. The issue has become that it doesn't actually fit into this version of the site. So Moose is having to go back and rewrite all the code for the entire site. Turns out it's a big operation. He's been working on it every day for the past four months. It's very close to being done. So bear with us on that front. It's going to be like a new sleek look and you're going to be able to run like five to 10,000 simulations in like less than three seconds. It's going to be super powerful and super awesome. It's just, we need to work the kinks out of it before we can make it live. So apologies on that end, uh, but it's coming very, very, very soon. Harmon is up there. Chuck Hoffman, Ekrat in six rounds, Ryder. So all the guys that you would kind of imagine. Tita Green over this time. Vince Norman in his one round. There's Echeverria again. Let's just take a look at ball striking. We'll separate it by, actually, let's take a look at approach. Carson Young. Okay. S.H. Kim. Okay. Kevin Roy. So guys with with the full complement of 24 rounds. All the guys I just kind of mentioned, except for Kyle Stanley. Russell Knox pops up in this category. Ben Griffin is still up there. Poston's up there. Cam Percy, although we know he loves his approaches and can't do anything else to save his life. Uh, Ekrat is up there. How did Ekrat end the year? I have just haven't been keeping tabs on this guy whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing. Great on the Corn Ferry Tour. Maybe a Corn Ferry only guy. Second at the Corn Ferry Championship. Did nothing during the swing season. Svensson and Scott, Aaron Rye. Okay. Uh, how about off the tee? Just tee to green in general. Any just rando names that pop up that we haven't gone over? There's Brennan Steele. He ends up popping up on courses like this. Obviously, we know his history here. Benny Ann. Could Benny Ann ever make a putt? He did that one tournament. Forget what it was. But this is a really Ben Ann style of tournament historically. You know, Wyndham, Heritage, that kind of thing. This falls in line with those types of courses uh yeah this is ben ann was it yeah it was the fortnet he came fourth gained one point strokes although he's been bad on his approaches to start the year despite some decent results it's really bizarre to see how how guys games can flip like that so much uh over time let's get rid of these filters and we're gonna run one more uh potentially mixed condition on this get rid of the pars get listen of 7,200 yards, and we're going to use those correlation courses that I talked about uh, to see if there's anything we can get from that. So as we go through the list, again, if you hold down the command button, I think it's the same on on like PCs. I'm using a Mac right now. Uh, let's see. We have El Chameleon is the first one that I want to look at. There's no strokes gain data from that, so keep that in mind, but we are going to get you know some of our results-based strokes gain total from that. Um, Harbor Town is another one. Where's Harbor Town? GC. Okay, there we are. Uh, Sedgefield. 
is one that we want to go to. So if you're holding command the entire time, you can go through with all of these and isolate these courses. Come on, Sedgefield, where are you at? Did I pass it? Sedgefield CC, Harbortown, Colonial. I, I do have uh, PGA National on my list. That's a bit harder than probably I'm looking for. You do see a lot of similar names because they're similar fields like Henley and Sungjae. Uh, both experienced a ton of success at both those courses, but I think I'll just stick to Colonial because that can play a little bit easier. Colonial CC. Colonial CC, weirdly enough, if you didn't know, uh, Wiley Country Club is the fourth longest running every year course on the PGA Tour. Gus is the longest. Colonial is second. Pebble Beach is third. Then it is this one. Since 1965, Wiley Country Club has been this one. So between, actually, you know what? I'm going to throw on this course as well. That was stupid of me not to throw on Wiley as I kind of look through this. Where are we at here? Wiley CC. Add that to the mix as well. So these five courses, uh, and these I try to keep in a rotation when we do talk about these shorter courses. The Players' Championship kind of factors into this as well. We've seen a lot of crossover between Sedgefield and TPC Sawgrass over the years too. Uh, so let's see. Tom Kim, Henley, Taylor Montgomery, uh, and this is per average, by the way. So, I mean, Tom Kim won the Wyndham. So, obviously, in his four rounds, he's going to look pretty fucking good. No shit, Pat. Uh, but he's number one. Henley, then Montgomery in his four rounds. Other than that, over the past 24, you have Connors, Kuchar, Siwoo, Sungjae, Mav McNeely, Spieth. There's the first instance of Spieth, um, who, you know, he just won at Heritage. So, this could be a good look for him. I don't know. Has he ever played the Sony before? I don't recall him ever playing in the Sony Open. Let's see here. Yeah, four starts, two missed cuts, an 18th and a third. Never really putted well here, interesting enough. And he hasn't played it since 2019. So, Jordo, we'll look in to see how he's doing this week. He's doing pretty well. I'll tell you that much. Cam Davis, Johnny, uh? Oh, here we go. Uh, Ekrot, Matsuyama, Eric Cole, Cole's hole. There we are. Sebez, Knox, the Todd father, Ben Griffin, Webb Simpson. Those are all of the players in the field over their past 24 rounds between these five courses that average over one stroke gain total on the field. You do see Alex Smalley. He's there. Harris English. Ryan Palmer is a great track record at this course. The Glove, Merritt, Nick Hardy, they're all kind of up there. The next level down, you got like Keegan, Grio, Horschel. Adam Long is another one who I like during the swing season and fucking just lost me money week after week. Thanks, Adam. Tita Green on courses like this. Henley, Ben Griffin, Andrew Novak in eight. I wonder what eight those are from Andrew Novak. Mayakoba, Sony, and Wyndham. Huh. Interesting. Interesting enough. Gained, I mean, we didn't see any of the strokes gained uh, approach from Mayakoba when he actually made the cut. He missed the cut in the other two, although he gained in three or four rounds on his approaches at tournaments like that. Siwoo, Connors. I might end up betting Connors. Maybe I should bet Keegan instead, but Connors could be a look here. I mean, he should be a look here. It all depends on what his odds are going to be, obviously. Come on. Uh, Herminators, Streelman, Young Gun, Kevin Streelman, Grio. Okay. I wonder if Grio, I forget how he ended. His putting had just magically flipped around all of a sudden. It was shocking to see. All of a sudden, you had this new age Emiliano Grio um doing some stuff with the putter that wasn't in a pure negative sense so these will be the last three guys i look at harris english webb simpson and emiliano grio to see how they've been doing so you have grio the putter did finally flip back at the cj cup at one two three four five six seven consecutive events 
Strokes game putting. Who is this guy? Didn't miss a cut in that time except for the Open Championship. His Sony record, I believe, is pretty good. Has only missed one cut. That was a year ago. And weirdly enough, in his career, has gained strokes on the green. Four of six starts. Not been great with the approach, which is shocking to see from Emiliano Grillo. Uh, hopefully he can get his approach play back and he'd be good to go. Webb Simpson on the comeback has not played very well whatsoever. It was especially alarming when he missed the cut at the RSM because the RSM has kind of been his jam over the years. As you can see, he plays it every year as one, two, three, four, five, top tens, a 12th. Uh, so when he's not playing well at the RSM, things are not going well. Maybe the break did him some good. I don't know. It's hard to check in with things like that to see how it is, but that's where Webb Simpson is coming into the season. I know I keep putting that in. Harris English has been playing a little bit better. A lot of it has been manufactured by short game and putting. Okay, but the driving did rectify itself a little bit after some struggles to start. The approach play has come back a little bit. I would have more confidence in Harris English right now. Honestly, you only missed one cut in the swing season than Webb Simpson. And Sony's always been kind of a fun look for him. Back when he was like good Harris English before he hit his dip and then became good Harris English again. Uh, dominates the greens here and had three consecutive top tens from 2013 to 2015. I understand that was a decade ago, but he's starting to play. I mean, he was playing a little bit more like that guy who was from 10 years ago, uh, rather than when he lost his tour card and had to fight his way back. So that is the preview for the Sony Open. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to run all your own numbers. Hopefully you picked up a few good tidbits in there. I do want to guess the odds for the tournament before we get out of here. You're going to know this on Monday morning at some point, but it's always fun to try to give a look ahead to see if we can try to figure out where the odds makers are going to be at the field. So when we talk about it on DraftKings Sportsbook on the Monday show with with Jeff Feinberg. Hopefully I'm pretty close to this. So I think Spieth, Kim, Im, and Hideki are the main four, out barring something crazy happening at the Tournament of Champions. Like if Spawn wins the Tournament of Champions, he's going to be like top five in terms of odds. He'll probably be top 10 anyway, but that will crush his odds uh, if he ends up out-dueling Morikawa, Spieth, and Scotty Scheffler. Obviously, right? But I think those are really going to be your top four this week in terms of the odds. So I'm going to say Spieth will be your co-betting favorite with Tom Kim. And I think they're both going to be 12 to 1. Maybe that's optimistic. One of them could be 9. Who knows? Sungjae, I'm going to say, is 14. Hideki is going to be 16. That would be my guess of all the guys below 20. Now, they might try to really squeeze us in terms of the odds and hopefully they don't put anyone else below 20. Uh, I would guess after that, and a lot of this next range really depends on how guys finish at the Tournament of Champions. And you can always uh, check that out. As long as we have strokes gain data, I can jump back over to Fantasy National. If you switch back over to the tournament at hand and just click on the Sentry, and then you can click on the in-tournament stats, uh, we can look at total for all rounds and see how guys are actually doing. Xander, Hardly newer. See you later, pal. Um, I'm glad I didn't go with him in my lineups. Poor Tambo. I think he ended up, he rolled with what he said on the Wednesday show. He played 30% of Xander, so those are 30% dead lineups in a new cut event. Uh, not everything has been properly updated because the round has just started. Now, let's see, round two. See how we're doing here. It's Spieth that I really wanted to look at. And Spieth's playing pretty well, ball striking wise. And I believe in round one, he actually lost stroke. Did he lose strokes on the green? So that was an amazing chip, and he did lose strokes on the green and on approach. So overall, when we're taking a look at the tournament, obviously everything will be completely updated by the end of it. Hoagie, Tom Kim, Scheffler, Sungjae, Henley. The Gala is up there as well. I didn't see the Gala in the field, 
for is he not playing this week? That seems strange that Thiel is not playing. No, he's not playing. Weird. Anyway, uh, Svensson. So Svensson, just terrible on the greens, terrible off the tee, but the approach play has still been pretty good. Uh, Spawn, Harmon, okay, Corey Connors, that's all going well. So we'll see how these guys round out by the end of the week to see if they're worth going to in terms of the betting market to kind of keep everything going forward. But as I mentioned before, they don't need to perform all that well at Tournament Champions. Simply getting those reps in seem to be really what matters the most in the circumstance. So Spieth, Tom Kim, 12 to 1, 14 to 1 for Sung Jae Hideki at 16 to 1. He is the defending champion. If Hideki was the betting favorite, I wouldn't be stunned. Actually, I would be if it wasn't Tom Kim or Spieth at this moment. But again, depending on what happens, Horschel, Harmon, Keegan, and Connors. I'm going to say Harmon is 25, Keegan is 33, Horschel is 28, and Connors is 22. So that's where I'll say with that. Adam Scott has to be in this mix. I'll say 28. Hoagie, I'm going to say, is probably above those guys, especially if he finishes well. I'll say he's 22 to 1. KH Lee, I'll put it 33. And Spawn, I'll actually put it 28 uh, coming into the week. That leaves the next favorites on the board should be some combination of Grio, Montgomery, Sebez, Kitayama, Mav McNeely, Harris English, Webb Simpson, and Keith Mitchell. I mentioned Alex Smalley, and I mentioned Gary Woodland as potential looks deeper down the board. And I do like JT Poston. If I can get Poston at 60 and above, I'll probably end up playing that immediately as a heads up. And out of all of those other guys, probably Taylor Montgomery is the only one in that like 30 range from like 25 to 35 that I would guess, mainly because that's where he continues to come in week after week. He's just been so consistent. I don't think this is the course for him, but I do believe in his talent, which means... Any course could be the course for Taylor Montgomery. All right, that will do it on the research show. This is a full-fledged research show. Felt good to get back into it. I really hope that you like these research shows. I will continue to do them going forward. Obviously, again, smash the like button. Let me know if there's anything you would like to see in the comment section here. I will add the listener's link once it becomes available to me. And we'll have golf on Monday. We'll have golf on Wednesday. Um, So tune into that. Make sure you download and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. This pops up for you in your audio feed. I try to release these either on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, but mainly it's to make sure that you have something for your morning commute on Monday morning when you're starting all of your research and no better place to do your research, obviously, than fantasynational.com, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself 20% off. Go do that now. Thank you all for watching. Thank you so much for making the race for the Mayo Cup fill seven days in advance. That means we can probably make it bigger for next year. We guaranteed $500,000 in the prize pool. I would love to see this one day become a million-dollar guaranteed prize pool. But for next year, we probably bump it up to like 650 or something like that. So set your reminders, put in your tech settings, and I want to thank you again. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have a March Madness one. Hopefully, we'll have golf best ball by next year and some cool NFL contests, maybe some MMA contests that are legitimate where you will get paid out moving forward. So keep your eye out on that. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done.